Ed Robertson, welcome to this week's edition of TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. And we'll welcome back our friend Joyce Bullifant in our second hour. Joyce Bullifant, the actress, all of you know from her many, many appearances on such popular TV game shows as Password and the CBS Match Game, as well as her many film, TV, and stage roles, which include Airplane, Love Thy Neighbor, Disney's The Happiest Millionaire, and the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Joyce will share a few memories of Gavin McLeod, Ed Asner, and Betty White as part of our conversation. We will also give away a copy of Joyce's memoir, My Four Hollywood Husbands, to a lucky listener as well. Joyce Bullifant will join us in our second hour. If you'll stay tuned for that, our first hour will include part two of a conversation that began last week with Ernest Hardin Jr. and Jay Moriarty. Ernest played Marcus Henderson, the young man from the streets that George Jefferson took under his wing on the Jeffersons, while Jay Moriarty spent seven years as staff writer, producer, and later showrunner of the Jeffersons. Ernie and Jay will be appearing at the Hollywood show in April, along with Marley Gibbs. We'll tell you about that and more when we play part two of our conversation with Ernest Harden Jr., and Jay Moriarty later on in this hour. We hope you stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we will lead off our first hour by playing part two of a conversation that began last week with Kelly Conway. Kelly Conway, accomplished costume designer and wardrobe stylist in the motion picture industry and the eldest child and only daughter of television star and comic genius Tim Conway. Kelly's memoir, My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad Growing Up, with Tim Conway in The Funniest House in America. Kelly's memoir shows us the quiet side of Tim Conway, including his dedication as a father and the life lessons that he dispensed to Kelly and her five brothers, even in such unlikely places as the Santa Anita racetrack. Kelly often drew on those lessons during the last five years of Tim Conway's life when she engaged in a legal battle with her stepmother over Tim Conway's conservatorship. My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad, Growing Up with Tim Conway in the Funniest House in America, available hardcover and as an ebook through Lions Press and Amazon. Dot com. Santa Anita was a very focal point of your childhood, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a huge part of our childhood. <laughs> we were there a lot. We were there on the big days, on opening day, which is always um, December 26th, the day after Christmas, all dressed up and, and ready to throw our money away. <laughs> um, and when we weren't old enough to bet, we would figure it out, and my dad would go bet for us. That's probably illegal, but late no. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, yeah, he, my dad wanted to be a jockey when he was growing up and not that he's a big man, but he got too tall or too big to be a jockey. So he, he said, he said he didn't have the talent or the, uh, body type for it. So he loved the track and he loved us learning about the track. And so I tell a story in the book where he went around, um, on a day of midweek to pick us up at all of our various schools you know, probably four schools between the six of us, and took us to the shop. And um, without my mom knowing it, came back and said my mom found out about it because we were, we collected all the tow tickets from the floor and put them into big garbage bags because we thought for sure somebody threw a million dollars away on a ticket by accident. So we would check the tickets with the program to make sure. And once in a while we'd find a 5 or 10 $20 
pickup that somebody threw down, but my mom was not happy about it. But my dad thought we were learning math lessons and word problems and, you know, learning how to bet properly is one of the <laughs> qualifications you need to be a good grown-up. One of my favorite life lessons that you talk about in My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad Kelly is we mentioned earlier one of the things that was important to your dad you know as you grew up is to have as much fun and love and activity as possible and uh, so you used to do swim meets in the family pool every weekend especially during the summer and you tell a story about a contest you had with your brother Tim Jr. uh, where you worked really really hard but the outcome of the race between you and Tim Jr. didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to. Well, yes, our swim meets. My dad wasn't just a, um, hey, let's go swimming and I'll watch a game and you guys swim and don't drown. Yeah. Um, he would have a swim meet. He'd say, hey, invite all your friends over. He would make lanes in the pool with hoses and um, figure out some kind of a trophy with uh, an old uh, piece of wood and a swim fin covered in tin foil, and you know, have a, a podium with gold, silver, and bronze um, medals and uh, barbecue for the athletes after the swim meet. And it was a blast. We had we had so much fun. And the one time that you're talking about was um, when uh, it was my brother and I in, in the pool, and there were probably a few other kids too. But I thought I had I thought I swam the fastest, and my brother won. And I was upset because <laughs> I told my dad that I'm your only daughter and I'm your oldest child. Why didn't you give it to me? He goes, because you didn't swim as fast. It, it, those weren't the days of everybody got a trophy, uh, no matter you know if they got in the pool or not. Um, it, they were the days of if you swim faster, then um, then you got the trophy. Yeah. And so he says, you know, and I was upset. I was really upset by it, but because I thought. Because I'm the oldest, I would have gotten it just out of default. So, um, so I, I trained with my dad, you know, pulling laps and running around the yard like it's like crazy people. But um, then you you know you train hard and you win some. But I thought I got it just on being the only girl, but it didn't work out. <laughs> well, well, and fast forward ten, fifteen years when you decide what you want to do with your life, okay. Um, the last name Conway may get you an interview, but at the end of the day, your whether you get hired or not is going to depend on your ability to deliver, and that's something that's that that, that we could trace to that swimming pool lesson. I totally agree with that, and and that's where I was taking it. Thank you for noticing that. Um, yeah, the name can get you, although it's not an uncommon last name. Some people put it together with my dad's. I certainly don't announce who my dad is. Yeah when I walk into a room or a job, but um, it's almost harder, and I'm not complaining at all about this or, or, or feeling sorry for myself or anybody, but it's almost harder to be put in that position of, you know, because all eyes are on you. If you have that last name and you're on a job with your dad, it's like, oh, God, you know, how did she get the job? Of course she got the job um, over anybody else. So you have to work harder to prove yourself that you are legit and which makes you a better uh, stylist or, or whatever craft you're doing, it makes you better because you do work harder and you cover every base to make sure that nothing falls through the seams because it does happen to everybody. But, um, you know, like I said, you have to work a little bit harder. And then once you prove yourself, it's 
is good. But he would never, you know, I would say, Dad, can't you just give me a job on blah, blah, blah? And he'd go, no. You have been doing this for three years. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> you forget things, and you're, and you're not completely focused on it. Maybe one day we'll get to work together and we can do this. But, um, but not until you've had a lot more training. And I go, okay, you're right. My dad's funnier than your dad growing up with Tim Conway in the funniest House in America by Kelly Conway, available hardcover and as an ebook through Lions Press and Amazon.com. My Dad Funnier Than Your Dad, also available as an audiobook through Audible.com. You can follow Kelly Conway on Instagram at Kelly underscore 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 Conway. You explained this to me once before, but for the benefit of our listeners who may not know the difference, what's the difference between a stylist? and a wardrobe designer? A stylist, they say, uh, for a lot of print, and um, they call a wardrobe stylist. Um, so you sometimes have private clients that need something for an event, or in commercial, uh, in commercials they call, I'm a costume designer by trade because I'm in the Costume Designers Guild, um, the union, and so that's my appointed career name, costume designer, but just in commercials they call it a stylist. But when you say stylist to people that don't know that background, um, they think you're a hairstylist. So it's you say wardrobe stylist or costume designer, really. But at the end of the day, one of the fundamental you know realities by whatever name you go by is you have to do the best you can to capture the the vision of the director you're working with, whether it's for a long-form thing or even a 30-second commercial, as best you can and stay within budget. Exactly. You answer to the directors where my loyalty was, um, and then you also have to please the ad agency if it's a commercial because they they disagree with the director, so it's a fine line of um, posting your department in, in a nice way to please everybody. And I usually sided with the director because you end up working with the same directors who have become my closest friends. Um, in fact, a director that I work with, that I've been working with for over 25, gosh, 28 years now, is the one who wrote the title. Um, because I called him, I was upset about the title. Not upset, but I didn't love the title they had uh, to work with at the very beginning. And so I called him, and he knows me so well that I think that's why the title came out like that, because he knows I'm competitive, and he knows I am could be feisty in a good way. And um, it was just a cute, fun way to, to say it, and I thank him for that every day because I love the title. And the title of Kelly's book is My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad, Growing Up with Tim Conway in the Funniest House in America, available in hardcover and as an ebook through Lions Press and Amazon.com and as an audiobook through Audible. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. If you are a mental health professional or know someone who is, want to tell you about a special three-day retreat coming up in May that is specifically designed for those who work in the mental health field. It is called The Immersion, a weekend a wellness, and it takes place in Malibu, California, Friday, May 6th through Sunday, May 8th, to bridge traditional methods or Western thought with such Eastern modalities as the mystical, the metaphysical, and the spiritual. The Immersion, a week in a wellness retreat, offers mental health professionals a unique opportunity to heal their own minds and bodies 
while also integrating whatever ideas that they deem valuable into their existing mental health practice, all in a beautiful environment. For details and more information, email info at welltime.com, W-E-L-L-T-Y-M-E, info at welltime.com. Or if you're on Instagram, you can follow Welltime or you can follow Coda Life Goddess, C-O-T-A Life Goddess on Instagram for details to come as well. I've talked to a couple of costume designers slash wardrobe designers slash stylists. And one thing you talk about in My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad, it cements something I've learned about what people like you do for a living, Kelly, is that you have to know how to think on your feet because you may do whatever shopping you need to do in advance of the shoot, but sometimes the director may come up with something on a spot and you got to be able to come up with that at a moment's notice. And I think that's why I've been able to work for so long in this career, which I love, is, yeah, anybody, anybody, believe me, can click around a mall in their high heels and shop and, and go to lunch and have fun and pretend they are a stylist or a costume designer, but the hardest uh, thing is to back it up with everything. You know, often we'll be shooting out in the middle of the desert, and um, you have to back up the shirt, the pants, the jacket, the hat, the gloves, everything you have, because... You back it up with different colors, different styles, um, because, you know, all of a sudden they're sitting in a car for a Ford commercial and their sweater is the same color as the car seat. So you have to have eight to ten more choices of, of uh, sweaters or shirts or whatever it is. So you become resourceful, which is what I, the best gift I got from my dad is the resourcefulness mm-hmm. and how he used it um, to make people laugh and how I use it to put clothes on people. Um, there was one job where um, my director, Rick Fittig, um, we were seconds away from rolling camera, and he goes, whoa, 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 wait, wait, where's the charm bracelet that we talked about for the little girl at the uh, near the oven? I go, what charm bracelet? What are you talking about? He goes, yeah, yeah, we talked about it. I go, I don't have it. I, I don't remember talking about it. He goes, well, maybe I forgot to tell you, but do, can we get a charm bracelet? And I go, you know what? Give me five minutes, ten minutes and I'll figure it out. And I go rummaging through a kit that you bring and back up and a chain and grab something off some person or go to a house and, and buy something off somebody uh, that's living in the house. Um, so you, you put it together and you come back with something and you just, you know, wipe your brow and go, okay, whew, I got out of that one again. But it's the resourcefulness and making things out of things you wouldn't normally Yes, and another example of that, and this is one of the times where you did work with your dad, is um, you helped create the original costume for Dorf when Tim first debuted Dorf on The Tonight Show. I did. It came from a character on The Carol Burnett Show, which they were doing a spinoff on Fantasy Island, where it was Ricardo Montalban, was, um, Harvey Corman was Ricardo Montalban, and my dad was uh, the character that Hervé Verachet Played, which was tattoo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> anyway, and then he took it to a next level uh, on The Tonight Show because he didn't love stand-up. My dad was not a stand-up comedian, and he would even say that too. He just didn't like it, and he, he was better 
playing with somebody or against somebody or having a conversation with someone else in the room. So that's why he did it on the Tonight Show, the Johnny Carson Show, um, because he didn't want to sit up in front of the curtain and a mic and do five minutes and then sit down. So Johnny Carson was kind enough, and my dad said this, um, to let him do it. And he wouldn't, if you know, there's, there aren't very many sketches that were on the Tonight Show, but he let my dad do it because he loved him and he knew he was funnier being with somebody else on stage. So, yeah, that was his idea, but we got to build the shoes and the costume and the 12-inch inseam pants instead of the regular size pants, and it was great. I, I became a professional um, small person wardrobe stylist at that point, and I had learned to, you know, my dad was, all, my dad had Velcro. I think he invested in Velcro in the end because he used it so much on everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would Velcro everything to everything. So it was a lot of Velcro and a lot of fun. And and if I remember correctly, you had to improvise the um, uh, Dorf's writing crop because Dorf, the Dorf character, I mean, if, if you don't, if you haven't watched any of the Dorf videos, Dorf, Dorf morphed into an everyman where he would be Dorf on sports, Dorf on golf, Dorf on football. But originally, the character was a jockey because Tim wanted to be a jockey in real life. And Tim gave back to the horse racing community as he got older. But uh, if I remember correctly, when you helped Tim put together the Dorf costume, you got everything ready except for the one prop that Tim wanted. And yet improvised well, that. I did have it, but at some point it fell out of the garment bag, the zipper clear garment bag that I had everything in, and that was a lesson, that was a hard lesson to uh, learn, because I, I, I threw everything in, like, you know, it was fine, and then in loading it out of my car, or into a room, or dragging it across somewhere, it ripped, and um, the crop, the riding crop fell out, it must have gone out somewhere, I still don't know where it is, but um, we were on set, we were ready to roll, and my dad said, oh, I need the crop, and I went, oh, let me go get it, and looked for it, it wasn't there, and I was mortified, but being my dad's kid, my dad said, well, let's figure out somehow, some way to make it, so we found a branch and some tape from the camera cart, and you'd never know it, but that's the resourcefulness that my dad had that he um, passed on to me, so I'm most grateful for that. Resourcefulness and improvisation are two of the many things that Kelly Conway learned from her dad, Tim Conway. She shares these stories. She talks about uh, some of the other times she worked with Tim Conway and Harvey Corman and Don Knotts in her wonderful memoir, My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad, available in hardcover and as an ebook through Lions Press and Amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Final question for now, because I have a feeling we're going to have another conversation one of these days on the air, Kelly. Uh, Final question for now. I've given you some of my takeaways as a reader. What are your goals for the book? What are the one or two things that you want readers to take away from reading My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad? I hope hope my brothers are all happy with it because I love them so much. I know my dad's looking down. There's been a few little signs of um, that he's blessing with and looking down from heaven at me. Um, one of which was they had an original release date for the book of November 1st, and then supply chain, supply chain problems um, caught up with everybody. 
and they changed the release date to, they just threw out a date of December 15th, which is my dad's birthday. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so that was pretty great. And I hope that people appreciate the love and the fun that we had as a family. And when I was first asked if I wanted to write a book after my dad passed away, I said, no, I said, who cares? I mean, like, I care, but I don't know anybody else that would care about, you know, going to CBS or or the things we had in the backyard, uh, you know, set up by my dad, and uh, and people, and the people would, yeah, people want to hear that. So I hope it's not too much, I hope it's just enough to let my dad's legacy live on um, a little glimpse into the household, because um, we were all happy to share my dad with everyone, uh, which is, you know, oftentimes what happens, you, you share them with the world, with public. And um, he couldn't have been happier to be in that position, and we couldn't have been happier to, to be around when it was all happening. So as far as the, the helping and wanting people to understand that the end was not fun, and especially the battle with my former stepmom was brutal, and I would not wish that on anyone, and if I can ever help anybody through that um, or suggest a plan or comfort somebody that's going through it, I would be happy to at any time, any place. It was, it was not fun. Um, but I'm proud of what I did, and I'm proud of how I stood up for my dad and tried to protect him, and I'm proud of the book. Well, you've become, an, through experience, you have become an advocate for elder care and elder rights. And so maybe down the road you, you may find yourself doing some speaking on this on, on that topic because you know it's it's just one of those things that you sit down to write a book and you know you go through the process and you, and you tell the story and it's 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 always fun to see your book in title in in in, in a bookstore and, and all of that but sometimes there are other opportunities that that come about that you hadn't thought of, and it's another way that you could give back to the many things that you learned from your dad. Yes, and um, that part of that is compassion and just really the common sense part of it. Like, gosh, you know, everybody just step back for a second and what is best for that person? It couldn't be to be isolated and to not see their children. That could not be part of the plan in no way. So you, you fight for it, and I would be happy to help anybody that uh, is going through this or, or is protecting somebody um, from that. Carrie Kasem was the one who helped me. Mm-hmm. I know she had a battle um, with her stepmother at the time when her dad was um, not well, and I knew about it, and I didn't know her. We had mutual friends along the way, but I contacted her through Instagram, and she wrote me back right away, and we talked that day, and she talked me down off the ledge and pointed me in the right direction, and so she, she's the one who helped me, and so if I could help anybody else, um, one person, that I would I would be happy to. It, it happens more often than people understand, mm-hmm. and and if you're lucky enough to not have this situation in your life and household, then you are lucky and it's and you're fortunate. But I have talked to a few people, um, lawyers, um, since this all happened, and they said they have departments within their law firm ex- 
exclusively just for this problem, and the, the, the pace in which it's growing is unbelievable. It's disgusting because it shouldn't happen at all, but it's the need for someone to jump in and make sense of it is much more common than we think, and it's sad because it didn't have to be that way. You can learn how Carrie Kasem helped Kelly Conway and a whole lot more, as well as all the great stories about growing up in the Tim Conway household and her wonderful memoir, My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad, Growing Up Tim Conway in the Funniest House in America, available hardcover and as an ebook through Lions Press and Amazon.com, also as an audiobook through Audible. You can follow Kelly Conway on Instagram. Kelly, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed our conversation. I hope we'll have a chance to talk again on TV Confidential. Me too. Thank you so much. This was my favorite one yet, and I'm not kidding. The questions and, and the way you asked them, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Play part two of our conversation with Ernest Hardin Jr. of the Jeffersons. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.